Hey, welcome to Teb's Talks, the Prometheus podcast. If you want to check out more of the things I do, head to jasontebs.com. What is up, everybody? It is Teb's Talks, the premier useless podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jason Tebbs. Today, we're talking about Facebook in my extended series on different social media platforms. And Facebook, though not the original social media, there are websites like MySpace and I think Friendster was a platform before Facebook was. I think in a lot of people's minds, Facebook was the platform that really elevated social media sites onto the map and made them very mainstream. Because before that, probably the most popular was MySpace. And I think I was a little too young for the MySpace era, but I was definitely like that that age that got wrapped up into the whole Facebook shebang of it all. I think I was 12, 13, maybe 14 at the latest when I first got a Facebook. Maybe not 12, I think 13. So a lot of my critical opinion forming years happened with Facebook as a platform. Now, as I've ragged on social medias over and over and over in these episodes, Facebook very, very well may be the worst offender out of all of them. There have been scandals, Cambridge Analytica, for example. There have been lawsuits. There have been Russian hacks. There is wild misinformation, this, that, and the other. And then on the other hand, I'm like, oh, cool. This is, you know, this is what my friend is up to. This is what my friend is doing. Facebook was like that original platform where you're like, hey, what are my friends up to? What adventures are they going on? Where you could just one, friend a person, connect with them on social media. And it really brought the world into that digital age of connection. Sure, we had emails, there was texting, there was that sort of thing, but Facebook really made the world feel small in a way. Where it's like, oh, I really can talk to anybody at any time and see what my friends on the other side of the world are doing in an instant. I think that's really what brought people into this digital age of communication as part of their day-to-day lives and connecting with people over social media. Now, the downside to that is how deep and genuine do those connections feel when you're seeing a timeline of your friends and your friends are just curating their best moments? And what damage does that do on the psyche when you're like, okay, all I see is the best parts of everybody's life. And you have that compare and contrast of, oh, I'm not doing X, I'm not doing Y, I'm not doing Z. Now, I was very young, you know, early teenagers when Facebook, or when I got my Facebook account. And I did like some super cringe things on Facebook. I was, you know, again, I was a teenager. I was finding my voice. I was finding where I belonged in this digital space. And I was just doing goofy stuff that, that I found interesting writing Facebook, I think they were called like Facebook notes or something like that back in the day where you just had this platform that you could essentially write blog posts on Facebook. Facebook was a much different creature way back then than it is now. It has definitely developed and morphed into many different things. Like remember when poking was a thing? You could poke someone just like a nudge of, hey, thinking about you, poke. So people would like just have poke wars back and forth. Like that's all their interaction was, was I poke you, you poke me. I poke you, you poke me. Stuff like that. So I had some, back when I was learning how to creatively write, I had some bizarre 
notes on my Facebook page. And then I also, I was also someone where I was like, I would like literally any page of something that I had like a mon like a minimum amount of interest in, like Skittles. There was a page that just said Skittles. And I was like, oh yeah, I like Skittles. So I, I liked it. And I remember, I think it was one of my relatives was like, geez, you're sh- you sure do like a lot of things on Facebook. And when that happened, it kind of caused me to do a double take where I was like, oh geez. Yeah, everybody can see what I'm doing. And then because of that, they can comment on what I'm doing. And that's a little weird to be known as the nephew that just hits like on everything on Facebook. So after that happened, I went through and I like unliked everything. Also, when I was in like ninth grade and again after college, I did friend purges. Not after college, after high school. Where I just went through and I was like, if I don't incredibly care to see what you're up to, like if if I'm not actively excited to see your update, I'm just going to unfriend you. And I think I offended some people. Actually, I know I offended some people. And some people like friended me back and it was this whole thing where I was like, I, I feel like I'm just too overwhelmed and inundated with all these different posts from all these different people that I have barely a connection with or that I don't talk to as much, or that I just skim over their posts. So I just went and I was like, okay, unfriend every single person, like not every single person, but unfriend a ton of people. And then I got a, I was hanging out with a friend and she's like, I don't know why you unfriended me on Facebook. Like I thought you were upset with something. And so I added you back and you know, I saw that you accepted it, but I was just like, why did you unfriend me in the first place? And I was like, yeah, I was just going through and I was, I was just unfriending so many people like just bam, 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 bam. And people just got caught in the crossfire that sort of thing. So I have friends that have thousands and thousands of Facebook friends. I have somewhere around, I don't know, maybe 200 or something around there. And to me, like that doesn't really, oh, I got 99 friends. I got less than a hundred. I have 99 friends on Facebook. And to me, I'm just like, that, that doesn't really matter to me. It's like, whatever. I, and I remember the reason I did a friend purge was I read something that was like, you can only have 150 meaningful relationships maximum. And at that point I had like 300 and something friends. And I was like, okay, well I definitely have to get the number below 150. So I got the number below 150 and then I did it again and I got it to like, 60 something and then now it's crept back up but at the end of the day i go on social media i just check what my friends have posted i post about this podcast this is the only thing i post about on social media is whenever i release an episode on this podcast sorry the only thing i post on facebook is when i release an episode of this podcast so i'm not even using it all that much but it was that first social media and it was incredibly exciting to ride and see that wave of social media is growing and becoming more popular and each social media having their different niche. And for me, Facebook was that first one. Now on the tail end of it, this is where we get into the doom and gloom of the episode where I rag on, where I rag on a social media. I, at this point in my life, understand that social medias at large have done more harm to the world than they have done good. Social medias are incredibly toxic. They're a infestation ground for misinformation. There have been legitimate studies showing that teenagers, you know, at least under 18, often have more depressive thoughts and tendencies with higher use of social media. 
there's almost a one-to-one chart that shows the increase of use in social media and especially teenage women or teenage girls, you know, however you want to. I had a whole class that was like, women are 18 and above, girls are, you know, under the age of 18. Anyway, teenage girls, the more they use social media, there's like a one-to-one comparison with suicide rates. Suicide rates go up as they've, they, you know, as studies have shown, the use of social media has gone up. So you have these people that are being legitimately hurt by this whole entire system. And again, the systems are created where they want to keep your time and attention as much as they possibly can. And then everybody, everybody has that relative that will just post the most asinine, false rhetoric on social media. They are wrapped up in this conspiracy and that conspiracy, and they're posting huge, long statuses about how this part of that is ruining our lives and this part of that is tracking us and they're lying over here and you know the truth is over there and you look at it and it has given every single person a platform now some of the greatest inventions of all time are inventions that give the population at large more knowledge so think of like the printing press that allowed books to be distributed more So instead of just the rich scholarly people having scrolls and writings and copies of writings that all had to be handwritten and hand put together, now you have the printing press where it can churn out copies of a book X times more than doing it by hand could, which means there was more publication or copies of a publication available to the populace at large. Thus, they were able to get better educated And that was a benefit for society. The printing press is one of the greatest inventions of the history of mankind. And then you have computers and suite. Again, that's like rich people and universities are heading the way. And it's used in a scholarly academic field. And it's helping, you know, it's helping us land people on the moon, right? And it's helping society because these companies and these universities and frankly, these wealthy people can now put more computing resources into finding answers for things. And then computing power just gets better and better and better and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And then suddenly we have personal computers in people's homes. And then the internet comes along, right? Well, you know, those kind of came hand in hand. The internet was, it started out as universities having a network to share information to one another. And then the internet at large comes forward. Now, you would think, okay, This is a great opportunity for the advancement and knowledge of mankind. And it can achieve that. You can find answers to everything on the internet. It's in your pocket. The downside is, so is that misinformation. All that misinformation is right there, readily available. And then social media comes along, and it used to be like, okay, the only people that can really post and can have a platform are these, again companies, wealthy people, people in the know, people with the resources to set up a platform on what's the World Wide Web. Then Facebook comes along and it says, okay, everybody has a platform and good has come out of it. I'm not going to say it's 100% negative, but now every single person has a platform. Same with Twitter, same with Instagram, same with TikTok, 
same with YouTube, same with Twitch. It's just become more and more easy for more and more people to have a platform. And that can that can cause great fantastic things because there are places on these social media websites that good people do have solid platforms that are positive, that are uplifting, that are truthful, that get good information to the people that need it. Let's talk about one example, Crash Course, uh, that was created by Hank Green and a couple of other people. It is an area where kids, and really anybody else, but it's it's mainly aimed at like kids going through high school and maybe even college, uh, maybe even middle school, where they can just learn the basics of certain subjects. And it's brought that education, again, from what used to be wealthy and people in the know and nepotism and the elite got educated, it's bringing education on a more even playing field so the masses can have access to solid good education. Good can come out of these social medias, but so much bad has come out of it as well because you got people like freaking Alex Jones and you got people who was, who's the guy going around lately? And people like Andrew Tate that now have this platform where they can spread hate and misinformation and it's easily accessible by the masses and so the masses get caught up in it. It can be such a toxic breeding ground. Now Facebook specifically, I guess this isn't specific to Facebook, but Facebook gets a lot of the flack for it. There are plenty of pages that have been created on Facebook that aren't made by quote unquote legitimate people. They are either trolls Sometimes they're bots. Sometimes they're other people from other countries that want to sow confusion and hate and fear into the American people. And they're very politically charged. And they go on there and real legitimate people find themselves on these different pages. And they just get sucked into these voids of misinformation, of hate, and of fear. And it warps their perception of reality. Because the thing about with social media... When you have it at your fingertips all the time and you can just pull it up and you can see all this quote unquote information right there in one convenient spot, that removes the critical thinking, the peer review, the um, hearing all sides of the argument and interacting with people of all different sides. It removes all of that. And so things become an echo chamber and things become your reality at that point like in these and it's not because they're dumb it's not because they're idiots it's not because they're the you know lowest common denominator of people people can be manipulated and people can be taken advantage of it's not it's not unique to the bottom 10 percent people of all skill levels of all knowledge levels of all statuses can be manipulated into these different things I've been manipulated into certain lines of thinking. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the worst of us. And Facebook and these other social media platforms, and the reason why I'm saying all of this on the Facebook episode is because Facebook really was that one platform that elevated all of this into where where it is today. Facebook is a breeding ground for all of that sort of stuff. And it's incredibly hostile for the, the, the ecosystem and the social... Um, connection of us all so let's take a break from the doom and gloom a little bit and go back to the uh the origin story of facebook one of my favorite movies 
is the Facebook movie uh, that has Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg. Um, and you got Mark Zuckerberg, who's going to MIT? Harvard? I think MIT. Anyway, he's going to some freaking Ivy League school over on the East Coast, right? And he's in college, and he gets this idea for Facebook. May or may not have stolen the idea from other people. Drops out of college, makes this platform, and it was originally designed like, okay, it started as hot or not, where you could rate people if they were hot or if they weren't. And then it was like this whole thing where college students can see if another person was single. Like the whole relationship status of it all was really big. And even when I got onto Facebook, like setting your relationship status was a bigger, much bigger part of it. Like you can still say, oh yeah, I got married to so-and-so or I got engaged with so-and-so or I'm now dating with so-and-so. That's still a feature. It was a much more prominent feature back then. And then it, it was only it was only colleges. Like you needed a college email to access it. Then they opened it up to the broader public. And I know I know in the movie, which isn't going to be a one-to-one accurate representation of how everything went down, but they're talking about how they're going to monetize it. And Jesse playing Mark is like, look, we need to grow this first. Like we need to prove the concept. And his business part partner is like, no, we need to make money. Like I've been putting all of my trust fund baby money into this. It needs to make money. And there's a whole fallout and a whole lawsuit over that part of the business. But Facebook makes money off of your data. So when you put in all your identifying information into Facebook, they are selling that to advertisers. Oh, you are a high income person from Connecticut. You're white. Uh, You like Harley Davidson. You like rowing competitions, all that information. So when I was younger and I was like, I like Skittles. I like this. I like that. I like that. Facebook was like, wow, look at all this information If an advertiser is like, hey, I want to target specifically high-income white men from Connecticut that really like Harvey Davidson's and uh, rowing competitions, wow, Facebook already has all that information. So they could go to Facebook and be like, I want this ad, this Harley Davidson ad um, where they're racing a rowing team or we put a Harley Davidson engine on a rowing team boat and race that, whatever goofy ad that harley davidson came up with uh and they want it specifically for those people facebook has all that information and can serve those ads right to the exact audience that those advertisers want and so your information again when you're not paying for a product you are the product your information is being sold by these companies now again facebook wasn't the first person to do it isn't the only person doing it. That's how Google runs. That's how Apple runs. Amazon, Microsoft, any other social media platform, they are all built to gather your information and serve ads to you. Your information is what they are sell- they are selling. So you have this whole you have this whole like privacy concern about it. So yeah, Andrew, I think his name was Andrew. Well, no, Andrew Garfield's the actor. I forgot what the actual guy's name is in real life. But Andrew Garfield is is playing the business partner of Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg, right? Uh, he's like, look, we need to put ads on it. Like, we need to monetize this. And yes, 
that's how Facebook does its monetization. That is how it started from the beginning. That's how it will continue to go on. Facebook will never charge a subscription fee. I remember there was a point in time where one of those fake, you know, forward this, post this, add something, whatever, or post this status to show that you will never pay for Facebook, yada, yada, yada. Just, again, a troll post that gets shared around. Um, it's, it's always going to serve ads. That is how social media is run. And we have just, we have gotten to a point in our lives where we have become so accustomed to and used to, oh, I'm going to sign up for this platform. I'm just going to input all my information. uh, And then these algorithms are going to pick up on what I like and ads are going to pop up in front of me. Like they are the perfect grounds for manipulative marketing and not only in terms of like capitalism marketing, but like political marketing as well, we do not realize, and I am part of this too. And even though like I kind of barely understand the surface level, I still am like, oh, I'll just look the other way. We do not realize how vulnerable we are because of these platforms. We willingly put ourselves in a super disadvantaged situation by giving all of this information to these platforms that then other platforms can utilize to make us make certain decisions. Again, anyone can be manipulated. If you think I'm too smart to be manipulated, I'm too good to be manipulated, I could never be manipulated, let me tell you, you are the first person I would expect to be manipulated. It is those that are humble enough to understand like, Shoot, not only can it happen to me, but I bet you it has happened to me. And heck, I might even be able to identify ways it's happened to me. Once you get to that level, then you can kind of start understanding like, how is this platform trying to manipulate me? Is what is in front of me like an actual factual thing that I can rely on? Or is this pushing some sort of agenda? Let me try and cross check that. If you don't believe you could ever be manipulated, I hate to tell you, you are going to be the first person to be. It's that simple. When you think you're invincible, your downfall will be great. So Facebook, again, it can be used for good. I don't think it's that great. Also, not my favorite social media. Instagram's more fun. TikTok's more fun. I even like Twitter a little more because Twitter's a little, should I say, a little more wild in a way. I I just like Twitter and Twitter's going to be my next and last episode on this whole social media swore I've been doing. I like Twitter because it's just like you got 240 characters like go wild. Obviously you can upload pictures and videos to Twitter but the the main concept it started at 120 like boom love that. I'll get more into that on, on the next episode. Facebook I mean it's a powerhouse social media. It bought Instagram. It's buying other things. There's this whole meta thing. I didn't even talk much about Mark Zuckerberg. That man is not a man. That's a robot. Like, we can all agree that he might be one of the most awkward individuals that ever graced this earth now. Oh, Jason, that's bullying. It's like, the guy's a billionaire. We can bully him. I'm punching way up when I make fun of Mark Zuckerberg. Goofiest lizard man I've ever seen. So robotic. Just thinking back on, ugh, just, yeah, awful. Yeah, they're going in the whole meta direction, and I... I explained a little more on meta in the Instagram episode. So listen back to that if you want to know a little more about what's going on with meta uh, and what Facebook is doing there. I guess the company is called meta. Again, if somebody isn't using Facebook, I would never tell somebody, oh yeah, you got to get a Facebook. In fact, of all of them, I would probably say if you're going to drop one, drop Facebook first. 
I think it's the least fun. I think it serves the least value that other platforms can serve, you know, just as well, if not better. Facebook's whatever. But it really was the platform to elevate the concept of social media and skyrocket to the top. And it stayed there. Oh, let me actually end on this. This is actually very interesting. Facebook did an initiative where they provided like a satellite version of the internet for free to different nations across the world that didn't have readily accessible internet. So what they do is I think they got like, it's either satellites or they got weather balloons that are beaming down the internet to these developing nations. And the reason it's free is because to utilize it, you have to use a Facebook account and everything's going to default to the Facebook ecosystem. So there are people in the world that legitimately believe the internet is holistically just Facebook. They don't understand that, oh, there's YouTube over here and there's Twitter over there. Then you got just different forms and different websites and, you know, you can find all sorts of fun and creative things on all sorts of different websites. Their experience of the internet is holistically the Facebook ecosystem. So if you ask somebody like, oh, what's the internet? They'd be like, oh, yeah, it's Facebook. You can connect with your friends. You can, you know, do posts. They might have access to the Instagram so they can uh, post Instagram photos, whatever it might be. That is incredibly scary because, yeah, they can do this PR marketing stunt. We're providing free internet free internet to these developing areas that have never had internet before. They don't have to pay a single dime. It's like, yes, they do. They they are paying because now they've been greatly manipulated into thinking Facebook is the one and only experience of the internet or it is the primary use and experience of the internet. And they don't understand that it's like, no, there's this company that's just sucking up all your data and using it in different ways to force you into their ecosystem. It's like there's no better, greater customer to Facebook than a person that thinks Facebook is the only thing that exists on the World Wide Web. That's wild to me. That is wild to me. But, you know, what do I know? I'm not a multi-billion dollar company. I'm just a guy in his office speaking into a microphone yelling at clouds thinking I'm going to change these multi-billion dollar companies. I get it. I'm not going to change what they're doing. I'm just trying to get information out there to the best of my knowledge. And then hopefully, you know, if you hear this, you're doing some research on your own. Just don't, don't take me at a blank value. Do some research of your own on these things. But it's something that I at least have a little bit of knowledge in and have done a little bit of research and can convey that little bit of research, but it goes way deeper than even I know or understand. Anyway, that's going to be this episode of Tebs Talks. Go ahead, like, favorite, share, follow, rate, subscribe to the podcast, whatever you do on your respective platform. Check out my website, jasontebs.com. That's got everything I do all in one handy dandy place. Uh, I'm going to catch you all next time with Twitter. Twitter will be the last one. Uh, Peace out.